Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Circuit. I am joined today by Pat East, Executive Director of The Mill in Bloomington, and also by Jason Whitney, Chief Venture Officer for IU Ventures. Excited to have both of you with us here on The Circuit. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, so let's get right into it. You, you are both longtime entrepreneurial leaders, longtime community builders. Um, our listeners will know you well, but give us a little bit of some background for your journey and what you're up to now. Um, so I'll, I'll kick things off. So uh, I was born in Bloomington, uh, raised in Martinsville, went to school up at Wabash College, uh, came back to Bloomington for a job at a, a company called Author Solutions. We were the largest um, uh, book publisher in the world. Uh, left there to start my own company, Hannaford Marketing. Did that for 15 years. We were one of the first digital advertising agencies in the nation. Um, to give you a sense of um, time scale. We were founded the day after Facebook um, and that I sold a company right at the beginning of the pandemic and have been here uh, working at the mill and trying to build our ecosystem ever since. Outstanding. Yeah. Jason, so, what's your, uh, I'm from Richmond, uh, Indiana and in East Central Indiana and uh, IU alum uh, from 2000. Uh, started my career in accounting and finance uh, and quickly transitioned into uh, a less technical entrepreneurial career than Pat has had. Uh, more mom and pop type stuff. Uh, but then transitioned into supporting innovation-driven entrepreneurs um, in the late 2010s uh, and really fell in love with helping to support those folks and grow those businesses and, and put Hoosiers to work. Uh, and so came back to IU in 2017 to work on the ventures team and uh, have been a, a part of the growth of both our investing platforms as well as our angel network since then. That's outstanding. I think in talking with entrepreneurs around the state, one of the things I'm always excited about is how much activity is going on in Indiana outside of central Indiana. What what made you choose Bloomington, Pat? Um, so Bloomington kind of chose me. Um, so um, I really believe that, you know, wherever you are, that's your home and you should try to contribute to it and build it up as much as you can. So um, uh, my family is around from, from this area. My parents still live in this area. My uh, father-in-law lives in this area. And so uh, we just want to make Bloomington our home and our kids live here uh, and have gone to school here. So uh, so that's why I chose Bloomington. Apart from literally living here, Bloomington has a lot of great assets that other cities uh, don't have. So even if uh, we didn't already live here and it wasn't our home, uh, we would probably choose Bloomington. Um, it has two multi-billion dollar medical device companies that has uh, IU, R1 Institute, has the nation's largest community college, Miskatatuck is just an hour and a half away. There's a ton of uh, assets here that we can take advantage of. That's exciting. So there's a lot of assets. There's a lot of energy and excitement here in Bloomington. Absolutely can tell. What are some of the things going on at the mill uh, that you might want to point out? Some, some of the things you're most excited about that are going on right now? So there's probably two big things that uh, we really have going on at the mill. We initially started in 2018 as a co-working space. We've kind of transformed and evolved over the years to more of an entrepreneurship center. And we have built um, 10 different programs over the last five years to really build up our ecosystem. Two of those programs are Flywheel Fund, which is our um, startup investment fund where we invest in technology companies early stage throughout Indiana. And then we have Coda Academy, which is our code school where we uh, reskill and upskill the unemployed and underemployed. And so those are our two signature programs that we really have put a lot of time and effort. Um, we've won a couple of grants for those. We have dedicated full-time employees to really kind of build up our ecosystem. That's outstanding, outstanding. So I don't, I don't want to go by to either of those too quickly. 
what are some of the early successes for each of those that you might want to hold up, hold up um, that show why, why folks want to get engaged with Flywheel or with Coded Academy? Yeah, so for Flywheel, um, we started that in, uh, both Both were pandemic programs, so we started them right at the beginning of, uh, of the pandemic. Um, with Flywheel, we started um, kind of circulating the idea of to potential investors um, in Bloomington for about six months. There were really casual conversations where we said, hey, if we start this fund, would you put X amount of money into it? And so I put their name on an email list, and finally when we got started, I emailed them, there were 10 folks on there, I closed 12, which means that they told other people they were so excited about it. Um, so there are a lot of, uh, lot of interest right away. Um, and then for Coded Academy, um, the city of Bloomington, the, we have a really great public-private partnership with the uh, city of Bloomington, the government here. They came to us and said, hey, uh, we really need a program that's going to stimulate the economy in the short term and solve a long-term problem for us. Uh, it was at the very beginning of the pandemic. Nobody knew how things were going to turn out. And so we gave a few ideas and we said, um, we need more programmers and developers in Bloomington. Everybody needs more programmers and developers, but we need them more here. And so we, we pitched this idea. Uh, they gave us some seed money for that, um, 100K to get started. Um, and then uh, just last week, we were awarded a $1.3 million grant from ready to further expand that. So it started off with some seed money. Uh, they said, hey, prove out the model. It's worked over the last two or three years, and now we're putting additional dollars into it. That's exciting. It's going to be a great story yes. to follow. Yeah. Jason, I want to come over to you. Talk, talk about IU. And certainly um, nobody in Indiana is unfamiliar with IU, but, but might not be broadly familiar with all of the activities going on under IU Ventures. What are some of the things you should highlight. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of really exciting programs that we developed. We kind of drew a line in the sand in 2017, which is when tech transfer was originally part of our organization and went back into the research arm of the, the university proper. And we, moving forward, we focused on innovation and entrepreneurship programming, not only for our students and our faculty, but for our alumni base as well. Uh, so not only do we have the IU Philanthropic Venture Fund, which invests in early stage companies that have those uh, student, faculty, or alumni founders, but also the IU Angel Network, which allows our student faculty and alumni the opportunity to come in and invest and help support those companies with their uh, talent, time and talent on top of the capital. Uh, on top of that, uh, we've started the IU Founders and Funders Network, which is a way for us to keep track of our amazing entrepreneurs all throughout the world uh, and the verticals that they're working in and help them to connect to each other to help support their businesses. Uh, just two weeks ago, we hosted our second annual on-campus venture summit uh, so we had 180 folks come from all over the country back to Bloomington. Uh, they, as we've traveled, everyone says, give me a reason to come home. So we gave them a reason to come home and they did. Uh, and that allows those folks to uh, connect with potential investors, but also connect with other mentors uh, that they can help use to help drive their companies forward. That's great. <clears throat> so know that one of the, uh, the driving forces in any tech ecosystem is the collisions and the collaborations um, invite both of you to talk about how the mill and IU work together to, to grow the ecosystem here in Bloomington and in the surrounding region. Well, IU has been a phenomenal partner for the mill since quite literally before the mill started. So Jason and I have been friends for a while. He texted me, had to be early 2017, early 2016 and said, hey, guess what? Um, I'm moving to Bloomington. And I said, are you going to help me run the mill? And he said, actually, I'm going to work for IU. And 
uh, we're going to help out in whatever way we can. So they've been literally all in since before the mill existed. Um, really can't thank Jason and, and IU and IU Ventures enough for their partnership. Um, you know, on the um, uh, specifically on the deal flow side, uh, you know, they run the IU Angel Network, the Philanthropic Fund, we run Flywheel Fund. We trade uh, back and forth a lot of deals. Um, and so our venture analysts are always talking to uh, their venture analysts and making sure that we get into deals and, and vice versa. So it's been a really great partnership from the very beginning and even kind of tactically just making sure that uh, we invest in Indiana-based companies. Yeah, and I mean, another example of that would be during the Venture Summit, we hosted an event here at the mill for Pat and his team to do some general education stuff around artificial intelligence where they engage not only the community, but also some of our faculty members and deans um, and show people what an amazing facility this is in case they want to move back to Indiana. Um, but our team hosts um, you know, student-focused events here at the building so that those students can be immersed in this entrepreneurial culture and innovative, innovative culture uh, in hopes that when they graduate, they want to start businesses and do it right here at the Dimension Mill. That's outstanding. I want to pull on that AI thread a little bit. Everybody's talking about AI. Sure. I think that um, everybody understands the implications that this is going to have in terms of digital transformation. What are some of the ways that you're already seeing it start to impact the venturing community that you're engaging with? Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, one of the things is some of our portfolio company founders that are right here in Bloomington have partnered up with the mill and the city of Bloomington and the IU Ventures team, some of the, the entrepreneurs that work out of here, and they created a sandbox place for them to all kind of kick around ideas. And uh, hopefully some companies will come out of that. I think one company is coming out of that already. Um, and, you know, we'll hopefully employ Hoosiers and, and we'll be able to invest in that company. And um, it gives another thing for people to look forward to if they're moving back to Indiana to engage in that uh, entrepreneurial mindset innovative um, kind of sandbox of ideas. So uh, that's one way that we're doing stuff additionally. Yeah, Pat? Yeah, the, um, at the uh, IE Venture Summit, we had this pre-event here and we held a panel with, uh, with a, a couple of our entrepreneurs who are um, building AI companies and uh, the Dean of Luddy uh, over at IU. And they had some very strong opinions on what was happening with AI and and maybe what, what it is. So the, the, the big takeaway I... Uh, I had from that panel was no one knows who's going to be right or wrong, but there's all this wonderful talent quite literally here in this building and at IU that's going to help figure this out. Um, and so whether, you know, we're talking to um, a company that's focused on solely generative AI or another startup uh, that's in tech and trying to figure out how to layer AI on top of that, there's a lot of uh, a lot of folks here in Indiana, specifically here in Bloomington, that are going to be able to help figure out and kind of inform what that future looks like. Yeah, out, outstanding. So I think I'm going to use that as a piggyback for act for asking about how you plug into the statewide ecosystem. Right, clearly we're all figuring AI out real time, but that's not unlike entrepreneurial activity overall, we're always figuring out everything in real time and making real time adjustments. Um, Jason, starting with you, how, how does IU work from the regional campuses to, to, to make sure that you're having impact, not just in Bloomington, but statewide? Yeah, I know uh, really important for us to be able to make sure that those regional campuses are plugged into those local ecosystems. So we actually have a group called Creed uh, that gets together on a, a bi-monthly basis from, and there's a representative from each of the regional campuses where we talk about what are the uh, economic development initiatives in your communities and how can IU help to support those. Um, so that's great. And it also allows the regional campuses to kind of share ideas amongst each other. So if you're in Northwest Indiana, it might be a program you're able to replicate in Southeast Indiana. 
Um, so that's one way that we do it. Another way is our team is really active in participating in the co-working environment in each of those communities as well. So you have to get out of your town and go meet other people and say, how can I help? Right. Well, our team has a really uh, servant leadership mindset. And so we, we're always going out and saying, what can we do to help provide value back to you? Because I use a big place and, you know, somebody in Indianapolis has a hard time figuring out what's the right phone call to make to be able to get in and, and get the answers I need. So we're happy to be able to be that front door for those folks to be able to get in there and, and get the answers that they need to help create programs to help support other Hoosiers. Yeah, that's great. Pat, I know you collaborate statewide as well. Yeah, yeah. So the collaboration model really has been part of our DNA since um, since we started. Obviously, talked about how uh, how great a partnership we have with City of Bloomington and and IU and IU Ventures. We really try to work with everybody throughout the state, though. Um, we never try to reinvent the wheel. We're always on Zoom. We're always attending events, trying to figure out um, how we can be helpful to other folks. How how we might be able to plug them in. Um, we never want to own any of our programming here. If um, if there's somebody else that's doing something similar, we'd love to just activate them and bring them into the mill. In a handful of cases, we have built our own programming where we felt like um, we were best suited to do that. But if I could only have programming where we have 100% partners uh, and bring them in and activate them, I I do that because we can leverage uh, we can leverage that talent uh, in those resources that much more. Outstanding. <clears throat> a lot of great things going on. So I know we have a lot of numbers folks who are in the index audience who pay attention to, to key metrics and are keeping score on how Indiana, the tech ecosystem is doing. What are some of the numbers for each, uh, for IU Ventures, for the mill? What are some of the metrics that you would point to that show that really Indiana can feel good about the, what's happening with the entrepreneurial ecosystem here and, and maybe also some challenge that's challenges we still have to work through. Yeah. You know, uh, since that time where we drew that line in the sand in 2017, we've invested over $17 million into uh, over 55 companies um, and with all with that IU DNA, uh, 80% of those, that money has stayed within the state of Indiana, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, we have 130 members of our angel network uh, that we started from zero in 2019. Uh, and the companies that we've invested in have gone on to raise over 400 million in additional capital funding. So we like to say we're putting our money where other people like to put their money as well. Great. So for the mill, I'll kind of hit on three statistics, one for the mill, one for Flywheel, one for um, Coded Academy. So for the mill, we have 350 co-working members. So we started off with, I think, 75 um, when we first opened the mill five years ago. So we've grown. Uh, this is all time high for us. For Flywheel Fund, we invest about a million dollars annually um, into startups throughout Indiana. Uh, just in the last fund in the last year, we invested in 20 plus different companies, um, and we plan to raise a million dollars every year until we're really forever. Um, and then for Code Academy, um, we train or uh, reskill about 100 new folks every year, and that's just in the county of Monroe. We're expanding that program uh, with the $1.3 million grant from Reddit. We're expanding that to 10 other counties. So hopefully that'll, uh, you know, that uh, I don't think we'll approach uh, somewhere around maybe 500 or so students uh, annually. So uh, it's a lots of lots of good stuff happening. Outstanding. Yeah. So I want to ask you, you both to to tell us what you see coming. What, what's what's next? And I know it's hard to have a crystal ball right now. All the all the conflicting economic indicators, yeah. the both excitement, but the uncertainty around AI, it's hard to know what the world's going to look like even six months out, three years out, harder still. But what, what, do, what do you see coming next for your organizations? 
Yeah, so when we first started uh, the mill, we started off as co-working and uh, the mayor um, and I had a, a, a chap walking outside one day and he said, Pat, if this is uh, just a co-working space in five years, we haven't done our job. And so that was really kind of the general direction of, hey, do some really cool, awesome stuff in entrepreneurship. Can't just be related to co-working. And so what we try to do over the last handful of years is just try a bunch of different stuff. We had no idea that um, Flywheel Fund was going to get as much traction or Code Academy was going to get that traction. And so we just tried all these programs and then we started doubling down on the ones that that, um, that that did work best, and we hired employees specifically for full-time employees specifically for those programs. We got grant money for for those programs. So I think that's what we're going to continue doing is wherever we see opportunities or pockets to to plug in, wherever we can find uh, good partners, we'll keep doing those things. And then over time, we'll take the stuff that maybe doesn't work so well, and we'll just uh, uh, gently retire those things. Um, but then we'll continue to double down on the on the stuff that does work. So as an example, there's a, a group here in Bloomington that's focused on uh, um, AI and trying to create more uh, AI ideas and companies. And so we're supporting them in whatever way that we can. We don't have a stake in that company. Um, we know that long term something good will happen from it. We just don't know what it is yet. So our general approach is. We just say yes, um, and then we figure out what to do with it later. Um, and so that's what we'll continue to do. Outstanding. Jason? Yeah, you know, the Chips and Science Act um, is providing a lot of unique opportunities and a lot of funding. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for us um, on campus to develop things with that AI and kind of Chips and Science Act focused um, vertical. Uh, the uh, emergence of the IU Indianapolis campus is really important for us. And I think the launch of the new Luddy School there is going to provide a lot of opportunities in that AI space as well. So really kind of focused on those two areas to help um, find ways that we can help support our war fighters. But we think that also has a lot of just regular health and human services aspects to it, but also sports applications as well. So we're exploring all three of those. Um, and then all, obviously looking to raise an additional fund so we can continue to invest in those companies that are the winners out of our early stage investments. Outstanding. Yeah. <clears throat> so we've already heard that you're both highly collaborative. You're working with individuals all over the state. But for the benefit of those who haven't had the chance to call and and learn from your experiences, what are some lessons that you've learned about building a community based entrepreneurial ecosystem that you might pass along? One or two things for each of you that you think are keys for success. So uh, the very first thing we did when, before we started the mill was we talked to other folks who have been there and done that, and we asked them for advice. Um, and so at the mill, um, even though we definitely have our own identity, you can see the fingerprints of uh, Matchbox and Greater Lafayette here, um, of Speakeasy in Indianapolis, of Launch Fishers here. And so um, my biggest piece of advice would be to go to people who've done this before and ask them um, ask them what what we should do differently. Great piece of advice from Jason Tenenhouse at, at Matchbox was, make sure that as you're trying to build this tech ecosystem, nobody feels, um, particularly in the small business community, that that you are uh, not bringing them along, that you're, you're kind of uh, focused on tech only. And so one of the things that we did was I joined the the uh, the board of the chamber. That's been a huge, huge um, uh, benefit for Flywheel Fund. I bet we've got f at least five investors from the chamber board from just from those meetings that I would have never been plugged into previously. So um, definitely my biggest piece of advice would be to ask other folks 
what's the top thing you would do um, if you could uh, if you could do things over again with benefit of hindsight? What would you do differently? What would you make sure you do? Uh, well, what would you make sure you did again uh, intentionally? And so, uh, yeah, those folks that have come before us I definitely know what they're doing. Very good. Outstanding. Jason, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with Pat on, on getting out and being collaborative. A couple other things I would say is empower a person to be the leader. And this is not a thing that you can do led by a committee. Let somebody be that person who wakes up every single day trying to figure out how to make this work. Um, we were very lucky here in Bloomington that, that Pat was the person who stepped forward and um, did that. Uh, resource that person appropriately. You have to have money if you can achieve some goals. And so make sure that they have the tools that they need to be able to do that. Uh, and then third, I would say uh, manage expectations. You're not going to create 300 jobs in the first year. You're not going to create 300 startups in the first year. Don't put that expectation on that person that you've empowered and resourced to go out on your behalf. Um, make sure that they're given the, the leash that they need to be able to accomplish the goals that you have as a greater community. Outstanding. So I want to make sure that both of you have the chance to have a last word. Mm. What, what would you most like to highlight for our listeners on the circuit as we get ready to wrap up this episode? Yeah, you know, one thing that comes to mind for me there is um, it's okay to pivot. Um, I know when I w led co-working spaces, I thought we had one path we were gonna go down to be successful. And by the time we were done, we had pivoted three times, passed on the same thing. Uh, it's not a failure. It's just, you have to pivot. It's the same as a startup company. I run all these co-working spaces the same as a car startup company. So. Uh, take a chance. If it's not working, go ahead and try something else and recognize that it's not going to work early and move on. Um, uh, kind of similar uh, along those same lines. Uh, I tell our staff all the time, version one should be horrible. Um, <laughs> the, the most difficult thing to do in the startup world, venture world, co-working world is just to get something started. So it's never going to be perfect. Um, is you, you don't need to be really precise when you don't know what you're doing anyway. Um, and so just make sure to get it done and then reduce all the variables, try to get things started. And then version two, really start to layer in all of your ideas as you really um, begin to understand um, how big this thing could be, then start to layer on everything on top of that. Uh, we'd love to have uh, as many folks from around the state visit the mill as possible. It's a, it's a, um, 100-year-old furniture factory that we renovated five years ago and kind of rebooted uh, for the digital economy. And so we'd love to um, work on different programs of partnerships and collaborations with as many folks as possible. Outstanding. Well, <clears throat> well, thank you both. It's been a pleasure to be with you today and lots happening at IU Ventures. The, the, the mill is a source of incredible energy in Bloomington and Indiana is fortunate to have both of you playing catalytic roles for the tech and entrepreneurial ecosystem. So thanks for sharing your time this morning and good luck with all of the exciting things that you've got cooking. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it.